This is Gail from A Seat at the Table. And Jay-Z. And you're tuned in to an all-new episode of Midweek Muscles starting now. The Midweek Muscles Podcast. Midweek. The Midweek Muscle Podcast starts now. Gail, thank you. Welcome. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Like, y'all, y'all don't understand how big this is. If you're (laughs) tuning in, this is... I, I can't believe like that. You would have never been able to tell me a couple years ago that I would even be interfacing with someone from a pattern family or pattern community or uh, like even with somebody as elevated as Gail You're and tired. the Seat at the Table uh, podcast. Like I just, I, this is like epic. So uh, you guys like embrace this time because I am reeling right now. Gail, thank you so, so, so very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for those kind words. And um, thank you to the Midweek Muscle audience. Um, I am such a huge fan of you and of the work that you're doing with this podcast. And um, I am excited to share with your audience and to just love and embrace each other and just get to know each other. So I'm excited. Girl, yes, all of your words. Um, (laughs) Now, here's the cool thing, right? So we hear you as Gail. Um, She'll give you that information here in just a minute. Um, But when you talk, like, it's just so smooth and lovely. So let's let's rewind a little bit if we can, shall we? Yeah, Um, please. How, where, who, just... (laughs) All of them. Enlighten us, right? Break it down. So, um, you know, funny enough, um, as a Afro-Caribbean girl from the Bronx, I um, never really, I think growing up a lot, uh, being a first generation um, New Yorker to my Jamaican parents, it was always instilled like there was almost a fear of holding on to the culture from the standpoint of the way that we spoke. So my my family was often very cognizant of the let go of the patois and, you know, embrace your, your American <laughs> ways. Um, and so I, and it's interesting because with that said, in my house, all we spoke was patois. And so I was like, I don't know, I always felt like hyper aware of my voice and the way that I sound. But I guess, um, you know, as I got older, and people started to, you know, maybe, um, maybe not so much critique the voice as much as they like, just would mention it, it felt like, um, it felt like an Achilles heel more than something that I could use to my benefit. Like I never thought that using my voice and using um, kind of the wisdom and the knowledge that I've gained throughout these 40 years would, would turn into something, not without going to like, you know, um, school for, for communication or anything like that. So it just podcasting in general just has opened up such a really big forum for just using your voice and just kind of using who you innately are so this 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 voice thing has been it's been a wild ride listen so basically you're telling us you you just you woke up like this like (laughs) (laughs) in so many words right in so many words yes I did I did and I never thought that it would bring me here but yes I did and I I actually you know in my neighborhood um because I am from the northeast Bronx and in my neighborhood I just thought that I don't know why it never dawned on me but I thought everybody talked like like this but (laughs) no no they don't They don't. They don't, which is okay. I just, in a ways, I think I was so unconscious of it at times. But yes, I think I did wake up like this, you guys. But did you, but did you ever get made fun of? 
Because in, yes. in my in my growing up, I was always typecasted. Once someone once someone like listened to the way I spoke. You sound like you ain't yeah. even from here. You sound like yeah. you trying to be somebody you're not. I'm like, I can't yeah. like I don't I don't know how. I don't know why why. Yeah, I mean I definitely did. Um, more so amongst the people that knew me the most, which is ironic. Yeah. But the people who knew me the most were people that I grew up in my neighborhood and my family. And they, the people that I grew up with, we had different experiences from an education standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I think that that colored that provided different context for us in terms of how we, how, you know, syntax, how we spoke. But, and then in my house, like everyone spoke Patois and I did, but I also, you know, always spoke like this. Even as a child, I, I always spoke like this. So mm -hmm. there was definitely the getting made fun of, but at the same time, it almost was like, it almost like the people who were closest to me made fun of me, but they also encouraged me to, to stay the way that I am, if that makes any sense. Well, that's a blessing in disguise because I didn't get encouraged. <laughs> I was just made fun of. <laughs> see, see, it happens. It happens. To this day, they still make fun of me, um, you know, but just now that I think that they're able to see that I am not this little unicorn that there are people like yourself and there are other people who may be a little bit different <laughs> in the way that they speak and, you know, how they choose to emote. Um, I think that they realize that it's not so much as an anomaly as they thought it was. Well, let me tell you what is if, if you happen to have what may seemingly be an oddity, right? That's just your gift making room for you. Because yeah. when people hear what I do now, they're like, yo, that's dope. I can see you doing that. Like, yeah, but had I listened to your words way back, right. I would not. Right. <laughs> if right. I listened to my English teacher in high school who said, I can't write well, I can't read well, and I'll never do anything that, uh, that puts me in a space where I would have to articulate myself well. Ooh, yes, that happened ooh. in high school. Oh, the yeah. read of it all. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, okay, so give us a br brief bio. Like, you know, Gail, what was your, like, first job? Like, where did you start? Like, what is your, because you have a lot of history and a lot of range, and I just want um, everyone to, like, get a little insight as to, like, what, where you are and what you do is not you're you're not just comprised of podcasting you do yes. a lot um so actually my very very first job <laughs> was at Kentucky Fried Chicken actually guys <laughs> what kind of chicken box you own yes yes <laughs> yes I got I got all my practice in taking orders of chicken at the Kentucky Fried Chicken on Fordham Road in the Bronx. Um, and, you know, honestly, just uh, professionally, though, once I graduated from college, my very first job was as an assistant buyer for a men's clothing company. And I've actually just stayed in the fashion and retail world for the past 20 years. So I've worked for um, several fast fashion retailers that everyone knows of and spent right. a, lot of, a lot of years with them traveling the world and opening stores. And that to me was probably one of the most exciting times, um, the traveling um, and, you know, having God make room for me um, in places that I never thought I'd ever see just based off of the work that I do. So that was really an amazing time with amazing people. And then eventually I settled into Philadelphia and worked there as a creative manager for an urban retail company. And fast forward, it brought me back to the Bronx and 
you know, it's just been a really, um, it's been a really eye-opening career as a Black woman coming through the the creative realm where there isn't a lot of people, unfortunately, who look like myself, especially when you ascend to different levels of corporate America. Um, So, you know, I've been very uh, cognizant about making room for other people who look like me and making opportunity, even if it is just in being mindful in my own behavior in that place that creates opportunity for other people who look like myself, just because if I was able to um, deliver and, and carry myself in a particular way, I think you know, in my mind, I thought I'd, I'd, from that context, be making room for people who looked like me, who who probably wouldn't get into certain rooms had one person not come through and, and said, like, okay, well, it's worth having us here. So it's definitely been an interesting career, 20-year career. And, you know, at this point, I think that I am ready to start something new. So wow. that's where I'm at right now. I know it's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, that's that's intense. And I'm glad you said that, right? Because I also um, share history in the fashion world. Um, yeah. And that's what enabled me to travel and do some of the things that I've been able to do as well. Awesome. Um, and what I was setting off to do after college was to go to law school. Um, But I always talk about what happens when the expectations rise, the self-confidence drops and the money flows out the door. Yeah. Well, I I didn't become a lawyer. Um, And so I said, okay, well, it's okay to have room for multiple interests. And for me, that was fashion. That was my love. And I kind of held that kind of close to my heart. And it made room for me. But once I was invited into a space, we're not, and I say it's a small space. I looked around and noticed, I don't hear any people that sound like me, look like me, or operate like me in this room. And there are some decisions that are being made in this room without a host of us. And, you know, that spoke to my heart. Yeah. There were a lot of moments and opportunities where um, if it weren't for what I did or my title or my range within the company, um, I would have been told to shut up. Ooh. And if, you know, I literally walked, uh, I was doing a, serv- a survey or a scope of, of just a project that we, that was, you know, a high dollar yeah. project. And I I remember walking around and just scoping it out to see what, what, you know, how the work was coming along at, in in this particular area. And I remember someone walked up to me and, and shoved a a big stack of clothes in my hand and said, you don't look like you're doing anything. You can make use of these. And someone tapped that, the woman on the shoulder and said, do you know who that is? And she said no and gave me a once over. You know what that once over looks like. Yeah, yes, you're doing yes, it right now. You're yes, doing it right yes, now. Yes, yes, yes that yes. once over. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and, and then it, it shut, well. like, again, talk about somebody turning purple and walking away. Uh, and that was my reality. And so I very much felt exactly what you said. Like, everything that I do uh, is is either creating space for other people like me, or it is shutting them down. And I remember sharing that with a colleague at the time, and she said, you don't have to carry that weight. That weight is not yours. I said, no, you don't have to carry that weight. Honey, talk about it, because, I mean, and it's so interesting that in the media right now, we are seeing um, people in different genres celebrities going through the same thing Mm -hmm. um just kind of the validation of what it is to specifically be a black woman in these environments and um how we experience racism sexism you know sexual harassment all the um, isms right all of the the, all of the isms and (laughs) You know, how oftentimes even someone who seemingly looks like us 
um, can experience something very different. Even black men may mm-hmm. not experience the level of racism that we do in these environments. So, you know, I think it's really important for us to continue to speak about those situations and to give and provide our color and context to what we've experienced in those situations. So, yeah. Unfortunately, we all have the stories. We all have them. I know. And that's the sad part. We all have the stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, the most rewarding part about it all is that uh, we have a veil lifted as to what types of opportunities are available. Where yeah. when I was growing up, I didn't even know that was a thing to see. Yeah. Seek out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So being able to play where the where a, a lot of people play in these industries and in these roles you now see the range of what people can do and that's yeah. what's inspired me to talk about it in the way that I talk about it on the midweek muscle like listen uh, you may not have found your thing yet and so it's out there you know because yeah. from some of the things that I've seen is out there and I know it is and if it's not out there you have the prime opportunity to create it, but you have to do so responsibly, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's for sure. That's awesome. So, what? Just share with everybody, like, what do you cover, or what do you talk about um, in some of your episodes at the Seat so, at the Table podcast? Like, I mean, I love it, but I would love to give you the chance to talk about it in the way that you intend, and not in the way that I perceive. Well, thank you for that. Um, so, A Seat at the Table podcast that I started about two years ago. You can definitely find us on all the major platforms for podcasts and on Instagram, A Seat at the Table pod. The whole purpose, you know, it kind of evolved, to be honest with you. Initially, I was kind of doing this um, pop culture check-in with a little bit of mental health awareness sprinkled into it. And as my life started to evolve, the show evolved. And I started to realize that um, even in my own mindfulness conscious journey, that I wanted to use either situations that I was going through or situations that we saw in pop culture, headline news. Because to be honest, most of the times, the only thing that separates us from the celebrities that we see on the news is our tax bracket and you know (laughs) say that yeah our tax (laughs) bracket and our accessibility and exposure but unfortunately a lot of us are making the same mistakes on broad level where you're a celebrity or on smaller levels if you look at it from that perspective if you're just everyday joe blow out here so it was like Mm -hmm. how can we use that to learn valuable lessons about mindfulness and consciousness and consciousness journey and when i say that i know that a lot of times people say like well it's pretty broad mindfulness is now become kind of ingrained in our pop culture. And I think that a lot of people don't even realize or understand what that means. And so really what it is, is the ability to stay conscious, the ability to stay present in the current moment um, when you're moving throughout your day. And how do you do that? What are tools that you can use to stay conscious? What are tools that you can use to really not just be here existing on a human level, but to really get the most purposefully out of it. And um, and that involves a lot of understanding of um, energies and of um, impulsivity and spiritualism and understanding our thought process and understanding that we aren't our thoughts and if you can acknowledge that your thoughts can be controlled um, from the standpoint of if I am conscious then you know it, it means so much more to hear so a man thinketh so he is you know so it look was at that real- philosophy <clears throat> look at that oh, who is that um um, Descartes. Yes. And so it, um, <clears throat> and the Bible often talks about 
just kind of in in different vernacular, just staying conscious and being understanding of the I am that exists inside of you and what that does to the thought process and understanding the thought process and what have you. So with that said, um, it was an opportunity for me to invite people to pull up to the proverbial table, knowing that, you know, if you were seeking out a place of mindfulness and just using your everyday life to become more conscious and to get the most out of life, then pull up to the table because honestly, there is a seat for you as long as you are willing to to go on the mindful journey. So weekly, that's kind of what I take my listeners through and we laugh and I let them in on who I am as a person and what I'm going through. And it's an interactive experience. And so it's one of those podcasts that I encourage people to talk back to, to the show. I mean, sometimes I always joke around and say, (laughs) I know I do (laughs) know you're listening to a good podcast when you're when you feel compelled to speak back to the person and it doesn't matter if it's a true crime podcast, if it's a pop culture podcast, if it's a news podcast, if the host is doing what they got to do, you feel like I am here with you and I could actually almost just have a conversation with you regardless of what the context is. So it's, it's been, again, it's been, a journey and as I evolve, the show evolves and, and I also wanted to be conscious of that because I didn't I never want a seat at the table to be the kind of show where, you know, it's kind of baked what we're going to be every week and it's kind of baked who we are and, and how I present to you. Who you are as a living being changes every day. You know, just I'm never shut off to an approach or um or how I deliver the context to which I deliver the show. I mean, I I always want to stay open to be evolutionary. So, yeah. There was a very interesting um, quote that I saw a couple weeks ago and it was, it was, uh, it was very like, it was very simple and, but yet it was so loud. You could just, you could just like, that was a pin drop or like a mic drop moment, if you will. Yes, I'm trying to recall it, but it said something like, um, evolve or repeat. Yeah, that's it. Evolve or repeat. Whereas if you, uh, repeat, you'll never make it to the places where you ultimately aspire to go. I mean, those those be the ones, those be the ones that'll get you every time, you know, every time you're like, dang, you questioning my whole life right now. Um, and you're so right. Like, I feel like when I listen to you, I am laughing out loud. I'm talking back. I am, I'm doing all types of stuff. Well, I I, I appreciate (laughs) it. And I have to like put, and I, and I'm so excited because I feel like a lot of the ways that you, it's almost like, um, in the kids shows, like in Dora the Explorer, where they give them time to answer the question. Yeah. And then they tune in and answer. And when you give us that space to answer, people are looking at me, like whether I be in the car or moving around (laughs) in my house or moving around somewhere else, they're like, what is she doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, it's something that I had to um, learn myself is that in life, even when we ask someone, hey, how are you? A lot of times we don't even give them a chance to respond. You know what right. I mean? Like there is such a lack of separation between thought and execution. Correct. You know, and and so there are moments where I will be very conscious about giving giving some conversation space to even happen, to exist or giving some responses space because sometimes you just need that. Sometimes you don't have the answer immediately. Sometimes you don't have it at all. But if someone just kind of gives you the room to feel like, okay, I could have a moment to think before I even speak. It's Mm -hmm. such a valuable thing. It's such a valuable thing because oftentimes we're not given that breath and that room to, to think about what we're, 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 we're saying before we say it. 
You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and on the other side of that, are we really saying what we are mindful of what we feel? Um, because yeah. I think a big part of that mindfulness is that self-awareness piece you speak of. And not everybody earns the right to know the most intimate or the most deepening levels of what you experience on a day-to-day that's reserved for people in your inner circle. Yeah. But are we mindful enough to share when we don't feel well? Or are we mindful enough to share when, hey, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Yeah. Are we mindful enough to say, no, I'm not well, and I don't feel okay? Or just, and it's okay. That doesn't mean that everything is dismal, right? But right. when we say not well, are we prepared to share in the ways that we are not? Um, and I think that's a big piece because there's there's often shame and guilt that's associated with not feeling well. Um, and I think with by you sharing the trajectory of how your life is evolving and, and you sharing that on your podcast, um, people are able to identify even within themselves on how it's parallel or how is, um, you know, how they can adjust. And I think that's so, uh, so awesome. Quite frankly, I don't have any other words to, to associate it um, other than awesomeness, because again, you're bringing that up and you're bringing it up as a subset of what you're experiencing. And I, and I love that. Um, so for a moment, very quickly, while I have you, um, can you talk about, can you express your thoughts on like, what happens when someone feels derailed in their process? Because this whole mindfulness piece speaks to so much, right? And you said spiritual, you said, um, uh, uh, like mental health, you said, um, you know, your, your thought process versus your execution. Um, there's so many things that go into mindfulness, including your self-awareness. Um, so what happens when, you know, because I speak a lot on getting over the head and heart issues that hold you back or hold you up. And I know that oftentimes, um, we become our biggest critic and our own worst enemy, um, because we stop ourselves before we try. Um, and so in your, in your perspective or in your range or in your scope, like what does derailment look like when you're, when you're trying to go after something and maybe you don't feel as mindful or maybe you don't feel as aware or you, maybe you just don't feel like it's going your way. You know, derailment, um, or just kind of any curveball to life can often be jolting for people, especially if yeah. you are if you are counting on life kind of pushing you in a particular trajectory and there not being any loopholes to that, you know, you think you have right. everything set up. That's um, that's it, right? Yeah. I mean the thing that I've come to, at least for my own self, realize is that the 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 destination has been a huge focus for me throughout mm-hmm. my life and i think that for most people throughout their lives they're taught to focus on the destination and not the actual journey so the journey is kind of more of like a necessary evil for you to get where you have to go uh, a couple of weeks ago i covered on the show on um, the topic destination addiction where you know we're always thinking about rushing off to the the next thing or we're always thinking about the what the finality of any situation we can perfectly envision what the finality will look like whether that is in the course of a relationship or planning a career or planning something simple for a saturday night or getting to the next thing getting to the gym for the new year the the destination addiction that we we face even in our culture right now, has it that we don't, the journey is just a necessary evil. It's not really what we are 
we're not paying attention to it. And if we are, we're paying attention to it from the standpoint of this is kind of like something that um, I have to go through for me to get to where I got to go. But what I've realized is that that destination addiction causes you to um, kind of begrudgingly look at the process as something to disdain when in actuality the process is really what makes the destination that much sweeter you, you know it. and and it doesn't really i know that there are a lot of things that happen through <laughs> through the process and <laughs> care to share <laughs> yeah you know um i mean honestly i you know for me i am 40 years old and i the the destination for me getting here i always thought that it was going to look very differently and oh, yeah and for me um just the mindset of not being married to that it has helped me to realize and embrace the journey that i've been on it's been at times it's been challenging and it's been rough and you know i am someone who battles anxiety and depression and so for me that as an added layer of um you know baggage to take with you on the journey you know and if you think of it from the standpoint of just individuals and all the baggage that we come in your familial history your mm -hmm. individual mental health issues um your any challenges that you may face so that's a, a bag that i have to bring with me and i'm not driving on this journey this is kind of a walk journey so when you think about it from that standpoint and you're carrying all those things how do you make those loads lighter for yourself and you absolutely make those loads lighter for yourself not by focusing on where you're trying to go yet still carrying these things with you you carry those proverbial things with you and you hopefully are able to somewhere along the journey unpack a lot of those issues that you're carrying with you and whether or not they're something big where it's like, maybe it's not mental health. Maybe it's just you figuring out how you're going to pay your bills this week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of that stuff is you think that, you know, if you focus on that in the process, that that would somehow make the burden lighter, you know, and worry is, Worry is a deceptive thing that, um, and a lot of those, a lot of the, the baggage that we carry around on our journey, they are deceptive in the fact that they present themselves as being a necessary evil, when in actuality, you know, just the anxiety that's surrounded by them, they aren't necessary in the journey. Um, it's necessary for you to unpack them, not for you to bring them. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I totally was going to say that. Yeah. So, and, and I think yeah. baggage can be both positive and negative. Like we don't just leave stuff behind. Um, we carry images or we carry thoughts of either what we do want or don't want. Um, and some things like if I, if I, as you mentioned, if I struggle with anxiety um, or I'm processing through that daily, it's not, it doesn't classify as negative baggage but you are aware that that's something i have to manage it is it is something that you have to manage but you manage it best by acknowledging that it's there mm -hmm. and um trying to find the root mm -hmm. of 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 it and even if you are unable to do that because that takes time Right. Even if you are unable to do that, just be mindful of the fact that it is there yeah. and that you oftentimes are not the only one struggling with it. Absolutely. Um, and that, that that thing carries an energy with it. And so if it is carrying an energy, you are emitting that energy in every transaction and every yes. walk in life there is an emission of energy that you carry. So yes. being aware of that, 
it helps you to tap into the frequency that you are letting out when you have an exchange with anyone, you know, when you have an exchange with any situation, just letting, letting yourself kind of tap into the fact that, you know, ignoring it doesn't make it go away. It's almost like when you get a bill that you may not be able to afford to pay just because you don't open the envelope doesn't mean that, that it's going that away it is, that it's going away right you know and if you open the envelope it may not mean that you have money to pay it right now but you at least acknowledge that it's there and you can make a plan for it so that when you Absolutely. do have the ability to do something about it you're not just shucking it to the sides. You know, you're saying, I know that it's here. I know that it carries an energy. I know that it makes no sense for me to worry about it on an everyday basis. But as long as I know that it's here and it's something that I have to be accountable and responsible for, then when I am able to do something about it, I will. And I, this, I like the analogy of like even the bill payment. Um, you're right like sometimes that energy exists with you even if you don't think yeah it it does um and and the reason why i say that is this whole idea of i'm tired how many times have we gone about our day or have set out to get started on something new. And when someone asks you, how are you doing? And you go, oh, tired. Mm -hmm. Well, that same tired energy impacts the way that other people move. Because yeah. what I, you know, as a general bystander, did not feel or did not acknowledge now is being brought to the forefront. So yeah. now I pay attention more to the idea that I'm tired instead of more to the idea of, I'm doing great and I'm pacing well. Yeah. That wears you down. Yeah. It wears you down. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, the calling onto your life and the calling onto yourself, even in a simple moment, you know, your brain takes cues from your thoughts. So consciousness, oh, yeah. consciousness and mindfulness are that much more important because your brain and your body are taking cues from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's even something as simple as tapping into. I, um, you know, part of my journey is I, I am naturally a thin, like thin framed person. Mm -hmm. And while I was living in Philadelphia, maybe probably before I left, um, I packed on quite a bit of weight like I and it was something that I very unconsciously did I unconsciously ate where I would just be eating 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 and not even thinking about it and you know I I remember one day looking at myself and not even kind of recognizing who I was mm. you know someone who seemingly went from one body to another because of being unconscious and it would be one thing if it happened and you know it was something kind of a natural progression there was nothing natural about being unconscious about the way that I was even treating my physical being you know so in the last couple of years I've been conscious of even treating myself better you know and we get these false narratives that that only includes doing something for yourself from an external standpoint buying yourself a gift doing something like that and while those are very um great ways to reward yourself it is not necessarily great ways for you to be conscious about your physical being and about the decisions that you're making even on a daily on how you treat yourself and how you treat your body. So saying things like I'm tired repetitive, repetitively or I'm hungry repetitively, sometimes I would say it and I'm like, you're not hungry. You're actually not even tired. You just got used to saying that. <laughs> for real. But for you, real. you just got used to saying it or you're just filling the air with 
words that are yes. necessary. Like yes. even something like that, you know, just being conscious of even when I speak, like, okay, if you are looking to just fill the air right now with words because you're not, you're not comfortable with your thoughts, be conscious of even that. Yes. Be and it doesn't make you like that. It doesn't make you like a goody two shoes or like just um, no, or, no, or like a you're always positive. It's like no, I'm no. just, I'm just I'm, generally just enjoying I'm, this part of my journey, and yeah. I don't want to, I don't want it riddled with things that it doesn't have to be riddled with. Yeah, I mean, we live in a very woke, quote unquote, woke society where we. Ha I, I don't know that there's been more of a time in the history of my life where people have the ability to be unawake you know oh which is I, which is ironic because that's a whole nother episode <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's ironic because we pride ourselves in being so woke you know but we are so unawake in a lot of ways and we have so many things to keep us there you know so, yes so woke and still on the phone. What? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. My you know, like I can be with a friend of mine and completely mindfully tap out at any given point in time and just be looking at my phone. Even that I have to be like last night I went out with a friend and I had to be very conscious of put your phone in your bag. Like experience these people don't like everybody. We're all together and we made a conscious decision to hang out together. We're all looking down on our phones. Oh, no. And I and I didn't say anything in the moment. I just figured, let me be the first. Let me be the one to, to just tap into who I'm with right now and the music and the sensory overload of having people dancing and music and food and drink. And am I going to really take this moment with all this sensory, um, the sensory awareness happening and just kind of dive into my phone to see what's happening on the shade room? <laughs> like, really? You know what I mean? Like, am I really going to do that? Like, it just... And the thing is, there are times where I'm not conscious of it, and I will be one of the people who is with friends or with family, or whatever the case is, being completely unconscious and tapping out. You know, so even that in and of itself, it's it's a lot of work. It's I'm a lot of work way. to be conscious. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm the same way. Um, and I'll, if my friends are listening, I know. Thank you. I'm bringing awareness to it. Um, they oftentimes have to tell me, Joe, put your phone down. And yeah. it's not because I'm not present. It's I, I, like, I always reel off very quickly. I'm busy, but it's like, Joe, you have to stop being busy in order to get, you know, we have different brackets or different cups that need filling. And yeah. this is your cup to be filled with your social uh, you can acquiesce yourself socially and not get filled because you're not mindful enough to do that. So, yes, yeah. so everything you're saying, it comes full circle. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that I could be more mindful, even in the most gentlest of settings, to get my fill off of people. Now, I feel I do that regularly, but it's because I'm, you know, advising or helping someone. Yeah. And that's not the same as my cup being filled by being in that's the presence right. of people that I love and care about. So I have that's to be right. very conscious of that. And how do you do it? Like, how do you, how do you tap in to any given moment? Like, what do you tell yourself to tap into those moments so that you can get the most out of being with friends, being with family, or even being alone? Like, what's the messaging that you give yourself? And, you know, I, I think... Yeah, I think that's bold because those are questions often um, that even I would not be in practice of doing regular or telling myself regularly because, yeah. you know, thinking about that question by itself is almost like I should be craving that one-on-one -on -one time in between being a single mom and being in school and, um, you know, even hosting the variety of things that I have to host or the pouring out that I do on a regular basis. So I should be craving that attention. And then yeah. in my, uh, like when I'm alone, right. And in my most intimate of spaces. 
I feel like I mean, there's an urge or a need to stay busy. And I, and I even said that a couple of sh- episodes ago, like I called a therapist today because I know yeah. that my emotional wellness needs it. And so this is even a new part of the journey that I'm experiencing um, yeah. for my personal wellness. And this is an external focus of self-care because for me, I experienced all the same things you did when you said I was just eating unconsciously. I was eating to cope uh, because mm-hmm. I had a very serious death in the family um, that just shook my life. Um, yeah. My sister uh, passed away um, and it was sorry about a tragic that. incident. Yeah. And so I knew that I told myself all I want to do is get better. Uh, but the triggers that have come up recently have exposed me to the idea that, man, you may have done one thing physically for yourself to get better, and that was be more conscious of your body and your physicality to be strong enough to push mm-hmm. you through some of the hard stuff. But emotionally, you did not do that. Yeah. And so I told myself very recently, like, I'm going to sit down from the gym. Uh, I'm going to sit down from all those things because that very question you just asked was, what do you tell yourself when you're alone? Uh, and, and for me, it's very much of, I tell myself I have to keep busy and that's not healthy. And when I am busy, if it's physically causing me pain, then that's my emotional wellness, carrying the energy of this pain to the other facets or the other parts of my body. And at least I'm aware enough to say, okay, this has got to be the case. And it's not derailment of my future trajectory it is awareness that if you want to keep going you've got to pay attention to it Um, and i think that's the powerful thing about this whole mindfulness experience not only that you call attention to gail but that you bring so much uh awareness to it um and I, i love the creativity that you give to it and you inspire and you motivate all in the same breath and is 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 a is really awesome to see it in the way that you that you curate it. Well, thank you. You know, it's um I live in a world where I wish that I did not have to, you know, that we could talk about something more frivolous and, you know, and we could have fun yeah, and I think I that there is fun. Yes, and there is room for that, you know, but I definitely think that like I feel like there's so much messaging in my mess, you know, and I grew (laughs) up, I grew up going to, um, colloquial, uh, to, uh, private schools, um, religious based private schools all my life, even Mm -hmm. college, you know, and they were, all over the place. I mean, I went to a seven-day Adventist elementary school, a Catholic high school, and a Methodist college. And so, you know. Dang, they got you under grips. Right. <laughs> meanwhile, Just going to a Nazarene <laughs> church every Sunday and sometimes going to church on Saturday and Sunday, going to church with my dad's family on Saturday and waking up and going to church with my mom's family on Sunday. You're like, you dang. Know, yeah, but you and know, then you got to go to church during uh, the week, right? Right. Yeah, because they made I us go. Because I had school, <laughs> and I had you know religion classes five days a week, and then choir practice after school, and then choir practice for church, and you know. But I say all that to say that um, you know part of this has been um, part of this for me has been that I am a very spiritual based person, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean I don't mean spirit in in terms of a specific religion but in terms of spirit in um, you know part of the coping mechanisms that I've used for my own mental health awareness is um, acknowledging the God or the goddess in myself and the great I am in myself and knowing that if I am the derivative of something great, that from me can only be the sparking of more greatness. You know, I can't serve a God who is great, but makes garbage, 
You know exactly. what I mean? Amen to that. So, yes. So for me, even just acknowledging who I am as a person, spirit-based, has been very necessary and very healing in all the baggage and the the craziness and the journey. Um, and it's definitely helped me to um, it's helped me to kind of slow down and and see the fact that you know there is god in me but i am not god so there are some things that are not going to be availed to me and there's some things that i just i'm okay with not being able to do and not being able to to get accomplished you know yes and and if god be for it then tomorrow's another day yes and even even in that i've been able to find a little bit of peace and if God be for it, then it's going to happen. Yep. Like at the end of the day, it is going to happen. It's not going to happen on your watch because this um, idea or awareness that if we could make it happen, it will happen right away. Yes. But that control is not in our hands. And so like faith without works is dead. You have the ability to go work at it. And right. if God be for it, it's going to happen. But if not then it won't, but you will not be left asunder. You you will have enlightenment in the new way to move, right? Yeah. It's almost like yeah. if we fail, um, and that's a whole idea of failure, right? If we fail, then all is lost. No. Right. If it wasn't meant to be for you, it won't, but something else will be produced. I mean, I totally get it, though. It's like you... Through all of that, if you have paid attention to kind of um, where your trajectory is and being conscious of the right now, you know, I think that a lot of things are, listen, it's not, everything is not insurmountable. You know what I mean? Some right, things are going to, it feels like it, <laughs> no <yeah>. lie. <laughs> you know, and especially in this day and age where we are having destination addiction and we're also only seeing the results of everyone's hard work that's it very that's it. very rare are we getting a real picture into someone saying hey i'm going to take you on this journey while i build this relationship with this person that i really don't know and i don't know how this is going to go but i'm going to bring you guys along for the ride and hopefully everything goes smooth and if not you guys will see me break down no one's doing that they're like meeting someone one day and next thing you know they're posting pics of like vacations and you're like well right. how's how's this so hard for me like why oh, is it gosh. so hard for me Don't to find somebody started. why is it so hard for me to lose weight why is it so hard for me to get my restaurant podcast trainer you know nail salon whatever off the ground right. and I you know what I mean and I turn around and you going on a podcast tour tomorrow like how is this right. happening right. and you know listen a lot of people are not giving you the insight into all of the crazy workings and inner happenings that lead them to the place that they are but just know that your your journey is not meant to look like anybody else's For and sure. You know, even us doing this show, I mean, I think that together, I think that, you know, if there's one thing that I can impart on the listener is, you know, there are things that you can make happen even on your level, you know, so I'm not looking to network with Issa Rae because I don't know her. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not looking Although it would for... be cool, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be fantastic. I'm not looking for Crystal and Kid Fury to put me on their next podcast tour because I don't know them. You know what I mean? But what mm -hmm. I am looking for is the people that I know and the people that I love and the people that I interact with. Those are the people that I'm looking to get down with. And we can make things happen on our level. And, Absolutely. you know, just, it's just, it's, it's very nuanced and it's very like all over the place. But at the same time, so much of it is in, within our control. So, yes, yeah. And we just have to embrace what's right in front of us now. Um, yep. You know, 
I had a visitor on uh, a couple weeks ago, Jay the Motivator. He said, man, we be praying for the big shebang, but we, we not taking care of the little bit that we got. You want the oh, big yeah. million, but you're not taking care of the 100 in your hand. So, right. and, and, you know, I started thinking about that in terms of, like, who's out here supporting me? Who's out here, like, enjoying what I'm doing? Who's out here, like, playing in my field and my game and waving yeah. at me from across the field? Come Am on. I waving back? Yeah. And engaging yeah. back and loving on them the same way they're loving on me. And I just embrace that wholeheartedly, which is why I am so thrilled that you gave me your time and, 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 and decided to share it with all of us. Because it's not just me you're sharing this with, it's all of us. Um, yeah. And I, I am honored. It is such an honor. Um, so what I do want to do, Gail, before we... Um, you know, turn the tides on, on this episode is I want to give you the space uh, again on how people can find you and, and how they can engage with you or interact yeah. with you or listen to an episode if they never listened before. Um, yes. And all of that good stuff. Well, you can find a seat at the table podcast on Instagram, and that is a seat at the table pod, all one word. And you can also find me on Twitter at Gail Z Hurst. That's G A I L Z H U R S T. And um, yeah, I am very active on Twitter. At least I try to be. And I am learning to be more engaging with Instagram, although sometimes I feel like I am definitely that's that's not where my um that's not my gift. You know, Girl, it's hard. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my gift ministry. You know, I don't serve on the usher board at the at the Instagram committee. I don't serve there. <laughs> but but you know, I mean I I definitely um I definitely use it and use those platforms as, as best as I can. And, you know, I, um, we, we do the show every Sunday and, um, yeah, it's, again, it's just a, it's a, a mindful journey. It's a little trip and, you know, hopefully it's a little laughter. It's a little tears sometimes depending on what's going on, but it's a whole lot of healing and a whole lot of love. So yeah, hopefully uh, the, the, the listeners are able to engage and enjoy as much as possible. Well, and I'll tell you what, you have been featured in a number of segments or spots on other people's podcasts um you've yes. been featured in magazines you've been featured in um just a host of, of of just publications out there and again so this doesn't come lightly for me or us that you're here with us um and that you're giving us access to how to engage with you best and you know it's sort of funny because when i'm listening to your beautiful voice hit my ears I'm just thinking of all the things that I lost my train of thought for. And I just want to say this, and I hope it inspires you and encourages you, dear friend, because I call you my friend um, simply because, one, I felt like, man, this is the friend I've never met before when I listened to your podcast. Right. right? But, and that is legitimately how I feel when I speak to people who listen, like when I'm talking to you, it's so great because I feel like, you know, a lot of my friends and I, I think at this point they're moms and they're married and they're doing all kinds of things. So we don't get a chance to engage on the telephone as much as we would like to. And a lot of times they'll be like, I'm actually listening to the show so I could catch up with you. Yes. And I just, I love the engagement that I have with the listener. And, you know, I do want everyone to feel like, yeah, I'm the homie. I'm the homie. Yes. I know her. For real? Yes. Not for real. You, but yes. Yes. <laughs> we the homies. Come on. Come on, dot me up. You good? Yes. You good? You yes. Good. Yes. I got to check in, make sure all the homies is doing good. Right. Like, you know her? Yeah, no cap. No cap. I, right. That's the homie. <laughs> yes. Come on. Come on with Come these Fendi bags, But yes, um... And I said all of that to say this, Gail, is just like, I think it was like maybe a year and a half or so ago, 
And I was listening in and you were weighing in on the idea of if you should pursue the show or if you should stop it dead in its tracks. And I am so thankful for whatever spoken to your heart or spoken to your life to continue moving forward. Uh, Because without your persistence and your pursuance, this would not be present. Um, And I'm just so grateful. It's, let me tell you something, and I want to, you know, definitely tell and encourage anybody who is starting a new business, whether it be podcasting, training, being a, a restauranteur, being whatever, 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 whatever you're doing, you know, making the best closures in the wig game, whatever you're doing. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you <laughs> Yes, something. get that game. <laughs> That's right. Whatever it is that you're doing, here's one thing that I know for sure. Your intent has to be baked. Um, and what I mean by that is um, I am intentionally doing you know, this show, not because I wanted to be famous or I thought that I would be rich off of it or, you know, anything like that. I truly wanted this interaction between myself and people who were listening. Like, I really felt like everything that I had gone through and everything that we even, even not for myself, even if I were to take self out of it, because I'm always conscious of my ego. So even if I were to take self out of it, just By and large, the age that we live in today, it is no accident that we have been given access to celebrities on the on on the level that we have. It's no accident that we are able to see not only their successes, but a lot of times things that we would deem as their failures happening right in front of our very eyes. And I think that using even those things, because we so much um the zeitgeist of what celebrity has become in our culture using their situations to order our steps again a lot of times what separates us is just the tax bracket they're out there doing stupid stuff too they're out there you know talking out of turn on social media to family members and to you know significant others just like we are and how do we it's true they they give that strong clap back and then they hurry up and delete it (laughs) yeah you know they are out there experiencing things on their job you know they might be getting paid more for their job but gabrielle union is experiencing racism because of her hair and because she's the old the token black on her job just like you are you know and just because she has money doesn't is that's not the reason why she's fighting it. She's fighting it because on a human scale, nobody should have to go through that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. when you go to your job and, you know, you're fighting against things that whether or not you're collecting six figures for that salary or not, because I've been there, I've collected six figures for a job and had to take an immense amount of racism and sexism and sexual harassment just mm-hmm. in exchange for that check. Yeah. You know, and I, and I you still I got think, the bill on the counter just staring at you. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, for me, it was like, yeah, I was able to make different decisions financially for myself and for my family. But at the same time, ripping myself out of bed every morning, it, I cried. It's a lot. I yeah. cried. I cried every day and I never thought that I would do that at that six figure job. You know, I thought that everything would be great. I thought that the job that I could barely pay my bills at, but I was happy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I thought that that was the problem, you know? So listen, I say all that to say that whatever it is that you're chasing, whatever it is that you're working on, set your intentions, you know, um, set goals for yourselves Make plans for yourself. And through all of that, allow your ego to be um, to be suppressed enough that regardless of what happens on that journey, that if this is in fact your purpose and you are in fact t- chasing your intention, that, you know, the happiness will be there. You know, but set your intention and do what you got to do and chase chase that dream. I love what you said. You said set, you know, your intentions must be baked. So set plans for yourself. 
set goals for yourself, set plans for yourself. And I'll add one more, believe in yourself. Absolutely. Well, dear friend, thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, energy. Thank, thank you. you for your essence. Thank you guys thank you for your so presence. much. It's been a blast. Thank you guys so much. And thank you to your listeners for uh, just taking the time and embracing me and, you know, listening to me be a guest on this amazing show. Um, and hopefully if you guys get an opportunity, please be a first time listener, be a recurring listener, be a one time listener to a seat at the table podcast. And again, you can find us on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, etc. And just thank you guys so much. I mean, Every time that I am a guest or I'm asked to be featured in someone else's creative endeavor, I am so humbled and so appreciative because I know what that takes. And and honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the logistics for what that looks like for me on this podcast. So thank you guys so much. And I really appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you. That's for sure. And it's all love over here. So come back anytime. Like, no, legitimately come back any time yeah and y'all heard the woman shoot if you loved it share with a friend if you hated it share with an enemy we could all use a good word don't be hoarders of a good message um but until then good people you heard it first you know sometimes the way in which we carry ourselves may not be reflections of who we are but just reflections of the energies that exist that maybe we're not aware we're carrying. So uh, yeah. we, we can we can set ourselves up here to start achieving the things that we want through more mindfulness. Uh, we can start achieving the things that we want by considering some of our uh, derailments or failures, not as tokens of shame or guilt, but as tokens of rerouting. Um, and of course, if you need a friend always, you can shoot over to a seat at the table podcast. Um, yes. If not, you know, you can always come here. At the yes, week absolutely. Uh, so that's it, guys. Um, we'll see you later. We will definitely see Gail later. And as always, let's go out. Let's make it a great week. And Gail, you want to take it away? Let's go. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Love you guys so much. Have a great and fantastic week. Peace.